0: Fearless fundraisers, I'm Don Lego. It's time to buckle up for a new episode of Raise Nation, the one and only podcast made to inspire fundraisers like you to continue making impact in our communities, building better tomorrows, and exchanging ideas. So whether you're a trailblazer or seasoned pro, you'll pick up the trends that transform your fundraising. And together, we'll dive into lively conversations and chat with industry-leading fundraisers and thought leaders to explore hot button issues. And innovative ideas. So stay with us for the next 30 minutes while we inspire you to embrace the future of fundraising. OneCause is the proud sponsor of Raise Nation Radio and your daily dose of fundraising inspiration. OneCause is driving the future of fundraising with easy to use software solutions that help nonprofits connect with donors day in and day out. One Cause puts your cause at the center of everything they do. Let One Cause power your fundraising. So let's get going. It is my absolute pleasure to introduce my co-host. I call him the auctioneer extraordinaire, down from uh, Florida. He is joining us from Tampa, Mr. Benjamin Flat Fat- Oh my gosh, I can't even get his name right. Mr. Benjamin Farrell. How are you, Ben?
1: Good morning. Oh, good morning, Don. That would not be the first time, you know, uh, so some people, my last name is Farrell. They started to call me Farrell after Farrell <laughs> Williams. I said, that works, That's works. And, uh, or Will Farrell. And I said, well, he's a little bit taller, more hair, definitely more money, but I'm excited to be here. Okay. I am excited, excited to be here, Don. Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, it's always a pleasure. This is about um, our third or fourth Raise Nation radio episode, and uh, this one will not fail because we have the lovely, wonderful, and very experienced fundraiser, Miss Michelle Casserly from Hackensack Meridian Health. Good morning, Michelle. How are you?
2: Good morning. I am so excited to be here and, and uh, talking to fearless fundraisers and folks in our industry alike and and to see both of you and take part in uh, what I hope is going to be a great conversation. So thanks so
0: much for inviting me. Oh, it's our pleasure. It's always a great conversation with you. Now, you've been around with um, the RAISE experience for a number of years now. You're speaking tomorrow, correct? And yes. And this is what your fourth or fifth RAISE yeah, I, I think so.
2: I'm I'm losing track, which is a good thing. You know, uh, happy to be with everyone virtually this year. Was was wishing and, and praying that we'd be together in DC. You know, after our last stint in Chicago, I think two years in Chicago, um, but uh, uh, one cause customer for I think we go back a decade, Dawn. Um, but but also um, really have enjoyed the vibrant programming and, you know the networking both live and and virtually um, and and just gained so much from all the the fellow speakers it raised and and be able to interact with uh, folks in the industry and get energized you know it's 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 always a, a tough gig you know we, we have a noble profession but um, you know this has certainly been a really trying you know year and a half plus I guess um, so excited to to get energized you know by participating in these great sessions and talking to folks like yourselves
1: oh Look, Michelle, energized is the key word. I think that's what people are looking for. I think Mm -hmm. that's what we are ready for. Um, Certainly donors are ready to be energized as well. So, I mean, top of mind right now is people are planning for the fall uh, fundraising season, of course, planning for the spring as well. I mean, we should just jump right in. Kind of what are you seeing working well to keep your team energized, keep your board energized and your donors just kind of energized for that next big event?
2: Sure. And I think honesty is, you know, we're leading with that. You know, we're all acknowledging mindfully, you know, the scenario that's happening, you know, we're all, I think, taking this call in different locations in the country. So you know, think things are different in different areas at, at Hackensack Meridian. We're the biggest health network in New Jersey. We were on the front lines of the pandemic when it started and certainly still seeing a lot of patient activity. So open and honest communication and, and you know, realistic with our donors and our team members and our colleagues who are, you know, on the front lines. And in some cases, even redeployed in within the health network, you know, during the pandemic. So, um, you know, we're hopeful. We're cautiously optimistic. Is the language we're using. We have unfortunately had to pause on some of the plans we had um, for this fall, and um, but but looking to make the the pivot again. You know, and, and just harkening back on that experience that we've gained in the last X number of months. I keep track. Keep losing track. Um, to to let folks know we've done this before. We can do it again. And gosh, we've learned so much along the way that as we implement plans for virtual and hybrid, you know, we've we've gotten so many ideas from colleagues like those that are on this that listening in today and. Or at the race conference, that we can even do better and take it to the next level, and and that we can still make an impact. Yeah, I think that's what's hard. Um, you know, thinking about what what can we be doing for our causes? Whether no matter what industry you're in, you know, how can we keep keep doing good for our organizations? So, you know, that's always you know the mantra you know, as, as tough as things get. And, um, you know, but, but that's where we're really looking at. And, you know, all of those, we'd put those plan B, C, D and E into, on paper, you know, and now we got to dust those plans off and, and that's where we're really looking. And, um, you know, it's, it's impossible to progn- prognosticate wh- when we're going to be out of this thing, but um, that's, that's really our approach within our organization within my wonderful team.
0: Michelle, yeah. I've known you for 10 years and I know that Hackensack Meridian health is, is, Event heavy, you, you love your events, <laughs> yeah. You love the community's very tight knit, yeah. mm-hmm. and you do a lot of events. So, what did you have to do to replace that fundraising and 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 how, just how did you handle it? Because I, I know the community that you're in and it's, yeah. it's it, it likes its parties. We we used to say you throw a rock at the
2: calendar and you had five events, you know, and it's your market on, you know, and, and so folks are, you know, very much enjoy, you know, the gathering together in person for, for various missions. And there's a lot of great organizations. I don't want to use the term competitor. You know, we're all raising funds for wonderful organizations and, and causes. Um, but it's been tricky because, you know, the appetite for virtual, you know, I think people use Zoom fatigue, but, you know, I, I try not to use that language too often. I can say it amongst folks within this, you know, this community because as fundraisers, I'm sure, you know, it makes us cringe every time you hear that. I think it's um, folks who don't do the virtual events uh, in a creative, you know, um, boundary pushing way. You know, Zoom, a virtual event is not a virtual event. It's not a virtual event. So I think we've tried to really differentiate and evolve and and ask our stakeholders what they want, because that's the other challenge with an integrated health network. We have 17 hospitals now within our network. So it's really about knowing what your stakeholders, what your constituents are looking for. You know, maybe right now they don't want a Zoom call, but there's another thing we could do. Maybe, you know, we've tried everything and we'll continue to try everything from auctions to extending raffles to doing new challenges. Um, to gamify things. I mean, literally, you know, all of the, the bells and whistles that we can trot out. And, and I think, you know, our community, you, you do really love events, um, you know, staying connected, you know, because if we can't get in together in person that's out of our control. Right. But these virtual and hybrid and all the bells and whistles and the tricks of the trade, I mean, you, we're throwing everything at the wall and see what sticks and sometimes you don't do it. Well, um, I'll own that. Absolutely. I'd rather try and not have it be a grand slam you know, I'll take a double in some of these occasions, but we've got to stay in front of everyone's consciousness. We still need to know, hey, we're here, we're doing all this good in the community. There are still ways you can engage, even if we can't get together in person.
0: Because people are still giving, right? I mean, donor yeah. Yeah. donations are still happening, and so how do you engage them to go your way? And mm-hmm. I-, I love that approach. Do something, right, instead of doing nothing. Then mm-hmm. you were going to say something. I'm sorry.
1: Oh. No, just that um, uh, so refreshing to hear. I I think that when you lead with honesty, like you did as an organization, uh, you do strengthen the trust. I don't think that donors really expected us as fundraisers to to be, you know, street live streaming the Academy Awards. What they want is an opportunity to join you Mm -hmm. and get through this unstable environment of the pandemic, Mm -hmm. get through this together and help you along the way. And I I found that uh, in the charities that I helped across the country, donors repeatedly say, just give me a chance, wherever, however you're going to do it. It doesn't really matter to us. You just let us know mm-hmm. what you've decided mm-hmm. to do, and we're going to be there, um, giving giving them an opportunity. And and uh, I heard once a long time ago a great um, message on leadership, which is great leaders see things how they are but not worse than they are and then then they look into the future and say how can we make things better and so they see a better view version of the future so um, you have a big you have a big network of um of medical foundations and hospital staff there how are you kind of shaping the future for them or giving them some positive things to look forward to
2: Sure. And I think one of the, the ways is, is how can we best support the network and our team members, our colleagues who are on the front lines. I mean, we have a very unique scenario in that, you know, with COVID, our healthcare network is helping people get better. I mean, it is, you know, if, if we can't figure out the call to action, when could we? You know, our case for support is better now than ever. And I think what... You know, some folks may have felt this too, working from home, not being on the front lines. I felt a kind of a sense of guilt, you know, that I wasn't there helping. You know, it's, I'm not clinically trained for that, but I get by any stretch of the imagination, but you still feel like you want to jump in. So I think, you know, connecting to what would most benefit the, the network, you know, we, again, we had plans to raise funds for X, Y, and Z. We had to change those plans. We had to come up with those case statements. We had to come up with the communication for our, our donors. Again, they want a chance to give. And it was an honor to be able to tell folks, you know, just with those healthcare heroes were doing to paint that picture in a way that, you know, felt real and really elevate the heroes. You know, these are these are heroes in in the areas, and and that's also for all the other great charities. You know, the, the folks who are you know the the food insecurity issues and the homelessness issues. You know, the, the education of of kids and the arts and entertainment. I mean, so many things. Um, so I think it's a matter of, of giving us the opportunity to elevate the the story, the mission. We always plan missions focused events, um, but you know, we some of it was really sad and moving, and and you know, we we always you know, try to move folks with emotion in our programs and when we're in person in a keynote speaker and or a video presentation before the auction, you know, the or the call to donate. Yeah. But you know, we had to reimagine how we tell this story and and do it justice. So there was a sense of pressure. I think there still is. You know, when and we had a, a nice run of golf outings this spring summer, we were able to do those outdoors, but we're not able to move in, you know, in, indoors. So we've got to go back to Doing it even better. I think that's also where the pressure lies. You know, we, we've done some successful, you know, hybrid and virtual, but we got to take it to the next level now. So, um, and, and I think it just all rests on, you know, being able to tell those great stories and, and talk about, and, and then to make sure those team members, make sure the, the members of the organization are included and can participate. You know, we typically don't have a barrier to entry for our virtual programs. So, we want them to feel engaged. We want them to know how much we're supporting them, and you know we're we're doing things to to benefit them because that's what makes it all go around.
1: Oh, Don, what do you think? Great, great. I'm so glad you talked about the barrier to entry because that is a question that comes up mm. uh, not once, twice, three. It comes up all day, every oh, day. Oh, sure. Should we sell tickets? Yeah. And are people buying tickets? And you said for your um, online and virtual events, those are free to attend.
2: Yes, for the most part. So I think, you know, when we've entertained the idea of bringing in top talent and I know some folks, you know, some colleagues, you know, on the East coast, you know, sometimes that dictates the fact that you must have some kind of entry fee and a, a locked web link, but we made the decision that we wanted everybody to participate, you know, team members, our vendors, you know, people we're not doing, you know, we're not, we're not, you know, unfortunately doing a lot of events with our fabulous decorators and our AV companies all the time anymore. So keep them involved, keep them engaged, you know, and, and, that I think allows us you talk about you know, how you backfill fundraising. You know, if we can't raise money through events, how can we? Well, annual gifts you know, through our, our mailing programs, building up our database so that, you know, as we continue to evolve and move forward, have new opportunities, we're building out the number of folks who might want to support us in the community. What, what I would share is for one event in the fall, which we were entertaining again, is at a certain ticket price, you get the goodie back, you get the make your own pizza kit that you can follow along during the virtual program. But that's, you know, it's, it's not going to preclude you from participating. So I, I feel strongly that we'll continue to do that. And, you know, when you hear peer-to-peer and crowdfunding, um, again, it's all on the table, but I think it's worked well for us and we've always done an on demand option, so that if you couldn't participate, cause life's crazy, we get to the link at, a, at afterwards, we send it out via social, via all of our email newsletters so that, you know, if you can't tune in on event day, you can always tune in. So we've got a post event communication strategy that makes sure it gets as many eyeballs as humanly possible. And what I always say is that's more people than could have
0: squeezed into the ballroom or on the, or on the golf course. So that I think has been really helpful for us. I like the idea of options, right? Meeting people Mm -hmm. where they are and just putting all the options out there. Having an an event, whatever it is, in person, hybrid. You know, we're we're throwing around so many words these days, you know, virtual. But just to have you know, your no cost option, your option with a goodie bag, your option with this, that, Mm -hmm. you know, give, give, give the options, give, give the t-shirt, give the donation, the silent auction before, during, Mm -hmm. and after. Let's Mm -hmm. just have lots of options. And I'm hearing that being, being a trend. How would you comment on that, Michelle? Because I think that's where you were going with it, right? Like just make sure you're covering the bases. Sure. And I, I think, you know, we, we do, you
2: know, what's going to help us connect more with our donors at the end of the day, what's going to help us raise more money. Right. You know, I think the long game is again, not having a barrier to entry for the program in and of itself, but then if you've got a really robust committee, who's getting some great experience options, you know, it's a little trickier now with the procurement of those auction items, but they're still available. And most folks can extend those, you know, a two-year time period for some of these amazing trips, like our friends at Winspire. So, you know, I think that's a great option if, if that's what your stakeholders are looking for. Um, and then, you know, the, we had a great vendor partner. The example I gave about the pizza in a box, we had to cancel our gala like most last year and went virtual. Um, they gave us our entire deposit back. They happen to have uh, restaurant tours in their building, so we were able to work with them, maintain that great relationship. And it was a win. We got a lot of people interested. Not everybody, um, but but it was well received. And then you've got those opportunities potentially to you know have your C suite. You know, from your your top donors, they just want a Zoom call with some of your senior leaders, kind of check in, you know, or hear from experts. You know, again, we're unique in in the healthcare environment. But you know, our board member wants to give it a certain level. You know, as a thank you, we can say, "Hey, you know, would you like a check-in with our HR team so that you have the latest greatest to share with your team, your employees?" Um, so, whatever the value ads are, I mean, we'll—I we'll, used to say we'll, we'll we'll borrow or we'll barter anything, right? When we had the ads to swap out, you know, and we still do. But sure, if they ask, me, we would <laughs> consider it. I think.
1: Yeah, I tell you, um, it has been really, in some ways, it's been really fun. It's been really fun to Mm -hmm. see the creative power of the fundraising universe uh, come up with ways to connect with their donors that... Previously, were just not possible. If they were possible, we certainly weren't doing it because we were in our pattern of live in person mm-hmm. events. Okay. So one okay. great surprise for me, and like you, I, I feel like I've tried everything but the Mister microphone walkie talkie situation. <laughs> I, I've, we just kept trying. We just yep. kept trying, and. Um, and the longer we went and as the tools began to emerge, the mm-hmm. chat function at a live event where mm-hmm. people are talking and they are in real time supporting maybe a public speaker, yeah. a first person testimonial. And I thought, wow, we could never do this in a ballroom. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine passing the microphone around your audience? <laughs> 500 people. Tell us why you love this speaker right now. <laughs> so to me, it was a way to, mm-hmm. for a donor to have a yeah. more personal and connected experience. Um, Experience. So I was wondering: with all that you tried, did you have any surprises like that along the way?
2: Oh yeah. Good and bad. You know, the, the, tools really, you know, are based on the technology because we can do, you know, all of this great you know, mission focused programming, but, but we've really evolved quickly and trying to understand what those epiphanies were when it came to, you know, how we execute. And the tools just get better that allow you to do something like that. They're also equally terrifying because I had an epic, epic, epic fail. Um, the gala I mentioned, so we'll, we can get into that another time, but um. You know that was an epiphany too. Um, I think you know we came up with a virtual golf outing. You know, you ask yourself, what is a virtual golf outing? You know, you know we had a lot of people take journeys with us, but to to be able to collaborate with our volunteers and, and come up with what the heck of virtual golf outing was, you know, we were especially proud of that one because it was so unique and and just you know, so out of our comfort zone, you know, and out of the box. Um, so I think you know. to your point, you know, the opportunity to be creative has just been, um, really different and energizing in a time when it's been hard sometimes to get your energy up as an event planner. Right. Um, but I would say, you know, also it it was a a big learning curve in terms of the the technology that's out there. You know, we had done no virtual events or hybrid events before the pandemic zero. And I'm in this industry 20 years. (laughs) So, um, having, that quick educational experience, you know, you felt like a rookie, you felt like you're, you know, right out of school trying to, you know, make your way through it. Um, but I think there's so many tools and, and thank goodness, you know, things have advanced that chat function, you know, again, any live, truly live thing is terrifying to me, but, um, but you gotta do it, you know, you gotta do it. And I think that it's scary but good. Um is <laughs> I'm sorry. trying to imagine that's
0: a virtual golf outing, but only you can pull that off, <laughs> Michelle. Seriously. I'm like yeah. well, what is that look? How do I miss that? That yeah, yeah and, and I'll send you the link. I probably still have it, of course.
2: Um, oh, for always sure. Always fundraising. Always be fundraising. Um but, but
0: that's where always you know, be fundraising. Can we be be underscore be. that for a moment? Just always be fundraising. <laughs> always Advice be fundraising. from Michelle Casserly, always be fundraising. And,
2: And I guess, you know, at the end of the day, you never know what's going to really connect with those potential major gift donors. It could be that you know the the it, I, it wasn't silly it, you know it was an important fundraiser for us the virtual golf outing but to have a conversation with someone wh- wh- however we can get them in the door you know and and then translate to major gifts so yeah it's it's been a, a real ride you know and, and I love that chat feature that you just mentioned Ben so I just, I'm writing that down
1: <laughs> oh well Jay oh absolutely well and you know something about what I what I love you said about the virtual golf tournament so I think that with the online movement where donors had this opportunity to create their own fundraisers or even lead the way with their creative ideas. How empowering is that? So now they're taking an active role. They're recruiting their friends and their colleagues and in both the the, uh, private sector and the the business sector. Mm -hmm. I just feel like It gave our donors a new role of responsibility. And I'm curious what that virtual golf, I'm sorry, I can't sort of can be imagining it right now, but I guess you had teams that were out there doing their own golf, their own fundraising, and then recruiting new people.
2: They were, they were doing their own thing. They were, they were doing their own, you know, rounds of golf. And then we did like a trick shot contest or people would send in video clips. We, We sent our chief hospital executive out to the golf course to do his presentation. Again, working with the venue where we would have hosted the golf tournament um But you know, I think creating that that own sense of ownership, you know, over their activity. You know, we're very clear with our volunteers, in person or virtual, what the expectations are from a committee perspective. No one wins if the committee member is not sure what they're supposed to be doing. Am I supposed to be procuring auction items? Am I supposed to be selling raffles? Am I supposed to be recruiting donors? Am I su- supposed to be asking folks to come, even if they're not going to buy a ticket? Maybe we comp them to come. So. Um, the answer is usually like all of the above, right? But um, for some donors, they res or excuse me, committee members, they res that certain areas resonate. So you mentioned kind of peer to peer aspect of it. You know, to be able to launch their own you know fundraising team around a cause they care about. A colleague of mine just actually had a, a NICU walk. Uh, for, it was um, socially distanced and and extremely masked and and super successful. You know, and those teams were so energized to raise money for something they were passionate about, to show up and show out and put it on their social media you know, that the, it's got lots of legs when, when you create that, um, stake and, and then they're going to be loyal, you know, from a cost perspective, they may support a number of causes, but, you know, hopefully, you know, that connection with our organization is going to maintain for years to come. Um, and it, it differentiates us from some of the other organizations that unfortunately do due to a variety of scenarios, maybe it's staffing, maybe it's cost, just can't try the same things that we can try. So, I mean, we're blessed in that we're a large organization and we're able to throw things at the wall and see what sticks.
0: So I'm hearing a few things I'd like to just break it down for our fearless fundraisers. So I think the first thing I heard was try, try yeah. something, anything, everything. And it's okay that if you're if you fail, mm-hmm. you'll learn where you succeed and then you can keep moving forward. So lesson one, I heard from Michelle, try something. The yeah. second thing I heard that was really important was ask the stakeholders, just ask them what 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 is it that they're they're interested in because if they're engaged and interested they're going to help with that peer to peer aspect yeah. and actually helping make make things, you know, be successful. So that that was the that was the second thing that i heard. And i guess, you know, being vulnerable and being honest and just telling the story and just put putting it out there, that was kind of like the third thing that really resonated with me. So all really basic approaches but profound at the same time mm-hmm. because that's what we need all the time, not just in a pandemic truthfully.
2: Yeah. And, and we like to say, I borrowed this from a friend of mine, Jen, who I used to present with, you know, last time we was in Chicago at raise, um, you want folks to have skin in the game. You want them to feel invested so that they're on this ride with us. And, and yeah, we're going to try it. It may not be, you know, that grand slam that we were hoping for, but still better than not being, than being out of the public's mind around the historic event time that you're, that you're fundraising. Um, you know, so I think from the energy perspective, you know, again, I was hoping that this was going to be, you know, a different presentation come, you know, September. But um, I think all of those tenants, especially as as people did have, you know, God willing, a nice summer vacation, kids are heading back to school. And, and we've got in our world, you know, our fiscal year end is December 31st. So this is the push, you know, third, the end of third, fourth quarter, it's, go, 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 go. I just got off a call with my boss telling us where we are to goal overall. And you know, the pressure's there for our, all the fundraisers who are listening. So, you know, those are some of the tenants that we ascribe to. And then we're, you know, I think that has made us better fundraisers overall, having gone through it, because we've got to stay to our core mission, vision, values. And I think, you know, those tactics, no matter where you are, are important because I say this a lot. I, I guess wrong more than I guess right sometimes. You know, so so don't guess. You know, just ask. And we could have assumed that four o'clock is a good start time, but maybe they prefer seven. They don't want to do a Saturday anymore. They want to do a Thursday. They want to revisit auction, whereas historically that maybe had not been as as big a a driver, but now it is. Um, so it's been a a learning experience and, um, and so helpful to continue to fundraise what, what we can, you know, and, and build that
0: momentum and trust with, with our stakeholders. What's the one thing you think that you really learned from this and I'm stopped counting as well. I think it's 19 month experience, but whatever months it is, what's the one or two things that you really were an eye opener that you're going to take with you post-pandemic and Mm -hmm. and beyond. What are the, what are those couple of things that you really learned that are going to make a difference in fundraising in the future?
2: What we do is really important. You know, I think, again, this is another thing that we usually, uh, I hear, and it always rubs every event planners the wrong way. You know, you're just a, you're a party planner. That's great. (laughs) You know, and, and that's a good thing. Being a party planner is wonderful, but, you know, what we do is really important, you know, and, and as it's been a, Really hard road for everyone personally and professionally. So just just knowing and being able to demonstrate value of the events in within our organizations and the good we've done, I think is important because you know I, again I've been with my organization thirteen years. You don't want to say it gets stale. It it never really does because these events change in our dynamic. But I think it, that was a little bit of a struggle for me because again I felt some of that guilt that I wasn't doing everything I could. Um, just because my role is different. But I I can say that I am so proud of the work we did and we continue to do and the role we play within our organization. Sometimes you have to fight for that. Sometimes you have to advocate it. Sometimes you have to yell about your kooky ideas, you know, to to get in front of the leaders because they're, you know, with, with the, unfortunately with the backsliding cases, you know, folks are reverting to what's going to get us to budget goal. We have a seat at the table, you know, as, as event planners and strategic event planners within your organization. So there's ways we can bring value. So, so advocate for that. I also think, um, uh, just to be really honest, you know, it, it personally, you know, pursuing mindfulness meditation and self-care and understanding, you know, we're going to give everything we can, leave it all on the field. I'm a big sports fan. As Ben and I were just bantering about beforehand, um, but at the end of the day, we can put it down, knowing we tried our darndest. Um, and this pandemic has has changed the world, changed all of us. I think how it changed me is is being able to walk my nieces and nephew to their first day of school today. You know, the the work from
1: Aww. balance,
2: uh, I was got great pictures. Um, but the balance, because you know a lot of us event planners are type A, one hundred and ten percent all the time, and that pressure, that expectation, um, you know, has been has been a lot. So take care of yourselves too. Talk to folks you know, do whatever you need to do so that you feel energized. Cause it's really hard to disconnect. I'm sitting here talking to you from my bedroom office. So, you know, they get more out of me now than they would if I had to commute <laughs> for two sure. hours a day. So, but, but be mindful, be careful, put up some guardrails um, so that you can give your best to your organization and pr- and protect yourself.
0: Big fan of the 10% happier app. Just a little. Bit. take care of you and everything else will take care of itself generally speaking. (laughs) So what are you talking about tomorrow, uh, Michelle? We have the pleasure of having you come back as a speaker. I know you're doing the I believe bright and early 9 a.m. Yes. Eastern Standard Time session tomorrow. And I love the title, right? You know, what what to do with events. I mean, we don't want to give it all away, but can you yeah. give us a little look-see as to what you'll be talking about tomorrow? Sure, and, and with both of your great questions to kind of tease it up, you know, what do we do?
2: How do we stay engaged? You know, how did we make the pivot? You know, if there's some lessons learned that, that we can impart, I'm a big fan of my my old boss used to say, case, copy and steal everything. So,
0: <laughs> I, you know, and then Ooh, that's a good I mean, one. Copy true. and steal everything. Check the case a, files.
2: Check the right? case files. This, yeah, this is what these conferences are great at. And by the way, we all went to the you know the drawing board when this all happened last March, and we I watched countless webinars. List you know, watch Raise Virtual, reached out to the Rolodex I've built, going to conferences like this, and just learned from everybody. So happy to share, you know, our playbook that we kind of created with working in in a foundation where we support lots of hospitals. We like to say we live all the hospitals the same because we've got to cover all our bases. So coming up with a consistent plan, consistent communication strategy so that, you know, all of our donors and volunteers were expecting and having the same experience as they interacted with our team. Um, So I'll talk a little bit about that. And then, you know, as we kind of hopefully pray, get back to normal. And and again, we we were able to with our, we had six golf outings in the spring and summer. Um, They weren't all quote unquote normal, but um, when we get back to normal, what are the things that we've learned that we can put into place, you know, now in this virtual hybrid sphere, but then, you know, as we build in person, let's build back better. You know, let's, let's get to a place where we're taking all these lessons learned and we're, we're not doing what we did in 2019, put that action plan on the shelf and, you know, let's see how we imbue some of this knowledge, um, as you move forward, even in a more positive way, God willing, you know, in 2022, as we're all looking to set our, our fundraising calendars, if you haven't already for 2022 and beyond.
1: Oh, excellent. Well, I'm looking forward to that, looking forward to your session because wow, we are all really thinking the same thing right here and now. So we are getting close uh, to the end of our time here, Michelle, but I got to tell you, uh, we know just as Just as you said, case, right? Everyone is here to learn something, to take Mm -hmm. something Mm -hmm. away, something they can put into action today to start better fundraising, uh, starting tonight and into the future. So uh, you've done a lot. You've tried a lot. Uh, You have 20 years, uh, over 20 years of experience. So if there was one thing that a listener is tuning in right now, whether they've been doing this for 20 years or Hey, they just signed up with a charity they love. Mm-hmm. What is that one lesson you would like to share with a fearless fundraiser that they could just put into action immediately to help them with their fundraising?
2: Yeah, I like to give out tips that are kind of you know free, cost you nothing. To start every committee session with your mission, don't get right into the fundraising goals. Don't start with you know um, chatting about you know the auction. Don't dive into those things right away. They're, they're all extremely important, but talk mm-hmm. to your mission. We have a successful meeting if our hospital leader or representative of our organization is talking about what is our mission, what's been happening since we last got together, whether that this is our first planning meeting in months, or if we met three weeks ago, there's there's always good within your organization and, and what what's what you've affected change in the community in those last times since you got together, whether it's Zoom or, or in person. But it's so important to ground people about why they're there, because, you know, when these volunteers and ourselves are working so hard, your head hits the pillow, you want to know you're doing good. So I think that's so important. And there's lots of ways, and I'll speak to it a little bit during my session, that are inexpensive ways that you can be mission-focused first. And again, at the end of the day, that's what you want people to remember when they click off. They hopefully, you had no glitches in your, on your virtual event. Hopefully, they like the pizza kit if you had one. Um But at the end of the day, you want them to remember your cause. So, I mean, that's a little thing that we've started to do. And even in our committee emails that we send out, why are they involved? And make them feel really good about why they're involved and thank them.
1: Mission first. Mission, mission first. And that, Michelle, is great advice because when you lead with mission and you think of your mission first, I think that helps steer you in the direction of success. Uh, It puts those you serve in the front place position. So I think that is amazing, amazing advice. So I hate to end this. I'm telling you what, I get so excited. I tell people, Mm -hmm. you know, we're going to do this for 30 minutes. and then I feel like we could turn this into a 25, 30 hour webinar. (laughs) However, fearless fundraisers, uh, we are running out of time here for today. Make sure you tune into Michelle's session. You can find all that, of course, on the conference app. I want to thank everybody for listening and certainly hope that you enjoyed uh, today's Raise Nation topic and as Don likes to say, your daily dose of fundraising inspiration, because believe me, we all could use more of that. And I'd like to thank our sponsors, One Cause, for making this episode possible. One Cause, of course, is driving the future of fundraising with easy to use software solutions that help nonprofits connect with donors, much what we talked about here today. So be sure to check them out at onecause.com. And um, on behalf, of course, veteran fundraiser, years and years in this industry, <laughs> my co host, Don Lego. Uh, me Benjamin Farrell and of course our outstanding guest Michelle thank you so so very much for being with us really thank you for your time your honest and authentic voice for what you shared today if you're looking more make sure you look her up on the conference app attend her sessions until next time this is Benjamin Farrell this has been Raise Nation Radio stay fearless out there everybody